This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, happy Friday. Happy Halloween weekend. If you're going to go out and get scared, this is the weekend for you. Beggar's Night in two days here in Iowa. And then the big day on Tuesday, which also, by the way, is the NFL trade deadline, which we're going to talk about before we get out of here uh, at one o'clock. I also have a really interesting conversation to be had. Uh, There is one to be had about Dalvin Cook. He is not happy in New York, and um, he wants out. Now, he's going to say the right things, but everything you're going to hear, you can read between the lines, and he kind of laughs at the question, so we'll get to that in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Also, imagine having two tries to remember your password, and they don't lock you out. They take away $230 million. That story still to come. But first, Andy Hall, FantasyNation.com, Laser 103.3 is in studio because... This is a, okay, no bye weeks, but it feels like everything is brutal in fantasy football right now. Yeah, going back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, last (laughs) time we visited, you want to talk about scary. How about the injury report in full in the NFL right now? I mean, there are more, it feels like there's more injured guys than ever before, but we say that every year. We We do, but it's very high-profile guys, and in some situations, guys who stepped in for high-profile guys. So, so, I mean, you know. It's It's stars. And their handcuffs. Pretty much. For fantasy purposes, it really is. Um, Let's talk about a bunch of different stuff here, including, let's get to this right away. I'm guilty of this. Keeping guys on my roster, keeping guys in my starting lineup, even though they don't perform, but on name recognition only. Help me cleanse my roster. Help people cleanse their rosters of names, of guys that are just there because, well, we... We think they're going to be good, even though they have not been yet. If they have any track record whatsoever, right. by track record, I mean one really good game back in 2017. <laughs> worthy of keeping yes, him because always. he's done it always. before. Calvin Ridley's had one game. He's on three of my rosters. Yeah. Um, I got a few guys yeah. here, and I'll start with the one you alluded to in the intro of the show, and that's Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, unless this guy figures out a way to get out of New York and that horrible situation he's in there, and it is horrible. Um, he's currently 40% rostered in Yahoo Fantasy League. That's which amazing. Is a lot That's considering a lot. he's averaging three fantasy points per game <laughs> in half PPR. He's running back 64 in fantasy football right now. Are people just holding on to him because they're worried about Brees Hall re-injuring the ACL or slowing down or getting hurt again? Is he just a handcuff now? Maybe a combination of that and maybe that the Jets will see that Dalvin Cook is unhappy and should probably be traded to somebody who really could use him. And there's some teams out there that could use a running back. Still got something left in the tank. So if you're hanging on to him, it's only on hope at this point because you're certainly not holding on to him because of what he's doing this season. 2.8 yards per carry. Not good. For for Dalvin Cook. Who else is hanging on fantasy rosters uh, that you just, you have to say, I got to quit you. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, unless you're in a situation where you absolutely need him because there's no scraps worth grabbing off the heap. And that sounds like my roster. Literally, that's what Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott has become in New England because of that offense, which is awful. Um, he's currently averaging six and a half fantasy points per game in half PPR. That's good enough for running back number 33. But if you're desperate, like, does he fall into the end zone at all? Does he have touchdowns? I don't even know. Like Patriots games are so hard to watch that. I don't even know if Zeke's even falling into the end zone on occasion. 
They will give him the opportunity. But as you just heard in terms of his fantasy points mm. per game, those are not consistent enough to, you know, eat up a roster spot again, unless you absolutely need him. They also have Ramondre Stevenson there who also is underperforming. It's tough to get fantasy points from a running back when your team doesn't score points. I'm going to give the guy, the younger guy, probably a leg up over the older guy sure, in terms always. of like, which of these two guys, if you needed to cut one and you keep them both because one is sort of a handcuff to mm. another, I would probably keep Stevenson in that case. Here's another name. And this one might shock you a little bit. Okay. Najee Harris. It's a split backfield. What over there. are you doing? If you're holding on to Najee Harris, we you're wait, You have to hope, right? This is the week that Najee, but he's been the same guy for two years. Yes, he has currently 96% owned in Yahoo leagues started in at least half of those leagues on a yeah. week to week basis. Oh, yeah. Again, on the hopes that maybe he'll turn it around and become the Najee of old, which is three. What years is, ago. what is the Najee of old? The one year, the half a year going back to what I said earlier about guys who have even a tiny bit, bit of a track record if you can go back to that and say he could he could be that guy see he did it once would you rather have Najee Harris or Jalen Warren I'd rather have Jalen Warren I think he and, catches passes and I also yeah it depends on what sort of league you're in right if you're in a dynasty league that's an easy answer mm -hmm. if you're in a redraft league I probably don't want either one of them at this <laughs> point because that Pittsburgh <laughs> offense isn't really that good <laughs> Najee Harris by the way is averaging less than 7.4 fantasy points per game and half PPR good enough for running back 34 right and now. you probably spent a first if not worse a second round pick on him most I think were a second round pick mm -hmm. again depending on your league and your scoring settings and all of that if you're in a keeper league he may have very well been a keeper and he may have been in one of mine just saying any receivers on this list of guys that we're talking about on fantasy uh in fantasy that are just there for name recognition only it's tougher with wide receivers tight ends because they have a longer shelf life mm -hmm. in the nfl i mentioned a bunch of running backs because they've got the shortest shelf yeah. life i mean with wide receivers it's tough to say maybe odell beckham is a good name off the top of my I'll, head i'll give you one right now tyler lockett Tyler Lockett's averaging about eight fantasy points per game. He's got 27 receptions this year. I just had to get rid of him in one league. He's just not doing anything. He's banged up now. DK gets the attention, plus in Jigba, and the Bobo kid got a touchdown. Yeah, see, I think with Lockett, the funny thing about him is that most of his fantasy production this season came in just the one game, right? right. Didn't he score two yeah. or three touchdowns in a oh, game yeah. earlier Very, this year? Week, week one or week two. So, Maybe it was that upset of the Lions, I, might have been. I don't know if he's quite name brand yet. He's getting to that age where you're probably going to start considering that. Um, guys like DeAndre Hopkins in that horrible Tennessee offense. I mean, that's probably another name we should mention here. He's going to be part of the trade deadline conversation I have later because there's one team in Kansas City that would love to have DeAndre Hopkins because you need a big play guy. He doesn't have a touchdown yet. Now, part of that's Tannehill sucks and the injuries. But DeHop has zero touchdowns, and he was, I think, the highest paid free agent from the wide receiver market. If I am the Kansas City Chiefs, I am making phone calls to places like Tennessee, to places like Tampa Bay to see about the availability of a Mike Evans, mm -hmm. for example. I think all Mike Evans is doing at this point in that Tampa offense is showing off you know, what he's still got in the tank for a prospective trade partner. So, you know, Kansas City clearly needs a number one wide receiver in that offense. And I think there's enough out there yeah. where they might end up finding one and then become another another champion. I mean, you, know? you get Kadarius. Tony just hasn't worked out. Can't stay healthy. The drops. Rashi Rice is nice. He looks young, all right. Young dude. Uh, Sky Moore year two has not taken a step whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, we saw week one, how if they don't have Travis Kelsey. They can't do a whole lot offensively. Yeah. And if you're the chiefs, I also love how you brought, uh, how you brought uh, Michael Hardman back home for what? <laughs> 
It, for th- what? That trade to New York for and then what? back to Kansas City to become basically a punt returner. Uh, Andy Hall joining us in studio. FantasyNation.com from Laser 103.3. I'm Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Uh, my teams are full. My rosters are full of guys that are on IR or injured. How long should I keep these guys on my roster taking up roster spots? Well, if you're in a redraft league, for example, it all depends on whether or not you're in contention and whether or not they're going to be back soon. Right? Based on I mean, my record, I'm not in contention, but in my heart, I'm still in contention. All right. So again, if it, assuming this is a redraft yes. league, mm-hmm. there's probably no reason to hang on to them. Really. Okay. Like I mean, unless Kyron, you, Kyron Williams, for yeah. example. I mean, if you really think you can turn it around, thanks to a Kyron Williams, by all means, mm-hmm. if there's a person in contention that maybe is looking to make the playoffs, maybe that's a potential trade partner for you. If you're looking to bring some different pieces in, you're probably going to lose on that trade more often than not. But you know, if there's a chance, there's not, you're probably just dumping him. Do you want Kyron Williams? I'll trade. You're in contention for the playoffs. I'm not. Do you want do you want Kyron Williams? No, I'm good. I'm okay. back there. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh three smash spots this weekend yeah. that you just gotta hammer and and play, no doubt whatsoever. Well, I'm gonna start with the most obvious one, and I think this week that's Isaiah Pacheco for Kansas City. Facing that Denver defense who at this point is giving up more than 30 fantasy points per game. Unless to the you're back playing position. Green Bay. Unless you're playing the Packers. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that situation, and, and we can go on and on about Green Bay and, yeah. and you know, Aaron Jones' injury situation, mm. A.J. Dillon maybe just isn't that guy. Um, but, you know, in terms of this week, Denver's defense, I don't see them stopping Kansas City any which way that they throw, you know, whatever they throw at them. And in this case, I think it's going to be a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. 16 straight times Kansas City has beaten Denver. 16. Think about that. That's eight straight years of beating them two times in a row. Yeah. I don't think that's going to change this week. No, I don't Um, think so. Another name I'm going to mention here, and a lot of this is sort of hinged on the fact that I believe David Montgomery is going to be out again this week. They've got a bye week coming up, if if I'm not mistaken. And what that means is that they'll probably give him just that much more time to get healthy uh, with his injury. So Jameer Gibbs this week, I think, is a really great start taking on those Las Vegas Raiders who are currently 28th in the league against opposing running backs. And we're talking about 20 and a half fantasy points per game to go Oof. around per game. So, you know, assuming they're not going to make Craig Reynolds or who, <laughs> yes, one other Reynolds on the Detroit <laughs> roster. There's a, there's a Josh Reynolds and there's a Craig Reynolds yeah. on that same roster. Shout out if you bought uh, the services of Craig Reynolds with your fab. 25 bucks. Yeah. 25 bucks down the toilet Ooh. a week ago. Yeah. Jared, I mean, Jared Goff's not going to have to throw the ball an awful lot. I think Detroit is probably pretty angry about what happened last week. They're on I, national TV too. It's Monday night. And and I think that they're going to use this opportunity to showcase their talented rookie. And I think Jameer Gibbs has, uh, I think he's going to have a big game on Monday night. One more. One more. And I think I'm taking a, I'm throwing a dart here. Um, I'm giving him one last chance. I like it. Damian Pierce. <laughs> I'm coming give, off a bye. I am giving him one well, more this chance. Is it. This sounds like he's on your fantasy team and you're giving him one more chance. It's not that he's not getting the touches, right? We're talking about 20 plus touches in two of his last three games. He's mm-hmm. been battling a little bit of an injury, but this week he's got Carolina who is 31st in the league against opposing running backs over 29 fantasy points per game to the position. If Damian Pierce can't put it together this week, he might be another one of those candidates where you just look to dump him. Would you uh, start Devin Singletary? 
who splits carries with Houston, with him in Houston? No, I think they're going to allow Pierce. They want Pierce to be the guy. Singletary's just a guy, right? He's just a guy. Yeah. But he's getting about, you know, 10, you know, five, six, seven touches a game. So I'm giving Damian Pierce <laughs> one, one more. more chance to prove that he's one. not just a guy. So I will start him this week. Uh, three or four key injuries that you're looking at this week. Uh, paying close attention to a running back situation in Seattle with Kenneth Walker, who has not practiced the last two days. Yeah, it's interesting. We're keeping a close eye on that one, obviously, because I think here's another case where a rookie could step in and get a good workload and let's get a good look at Zach Charbonnet, right? Mm-hmm. I think that this now is a good time for that, certainly. And Seattle's in a good place, I think. Yeah. So maybe this is the opportunity for that. I'm keeping an eye on these Miami wide receivers this week. There's been some talk about Tyreek Hill. Granted, he's come out now and said, I'm playing this week. They've got the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. He's got that hip injury. He and said then- his words were, I'm all good, baby. That's not I'm playing, but you would think that that's what that infers. What's interesting is they had a uh, press conference to a tongue of Iowa, uh, spoke at it mm-hmm. and went at length about what it would be like to operate without Tyreek Hill for a, a period of time. And I found that very odd as a yeah. fantasy owner and a fantasy guy in general. I thought you're really spending a lot of time on this, a lot of thought. It, is there mm. something more going on there? It's a question. So him and Jalen Waddle both, because Waddle, of course, is dealing with a back issue too. Yeah. Um, David Montgomery, I've already mentioned, he's got the rib problem. My gut is that he'll wait and come back after the bye. Kyler Murray. And I don't know how much time you got. Play. He can't play yet. Come on. He's back at practice. He in can't full. do it yet. In full. So, I mean, if you're in need of a quarterback and he's still on those waivers, mm. I think now's a good time to grab him. Maybe you're one of those Richardson owners who were burned by that situation or maybe, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it happened you? to some, yeah. So if you've got Kyler Murray on your roster, knowing that he's going to eventually come back, they're mm. not going to, I mean, Arizona is a bad team, yeah, but they're not nearly as bad as people thought they were going to be. Well, they have to showcase him if they're going to move him. So. Like you have to, show, but then there's the whole idea that if he can't pass the physical by the time the new year begins, then they're up on the hook for like $90 million or I'm whatever. Taking this as a sign that he's that much closer to actually getting on the field that he's right. practicing in full. So there's that. Um, again, I don't know how much time you have You're left good. here. They just announced that Jerome Ford actually got some limited practice in for Cleveland today. So now he is officially tagged. Why questionable. did I pick up Strong? He's officially questionable <laughs> for the Cleveland Browns this week. So I'm keeping an eye on Ford because eventually he will come back and it'll be that tandem between him and Kareem Hunt. And last but not least on this uh, injury, or maybe I should say injury talk, is Bijan Robinson. And what I don't was know. up with that? The sickness? I think the best story I saw was that, uh, who's the head coach down there? In Arthur Atlanta? Smith. Arthur Smith is playing against Bijan in fantasy <laughs> and just didn't want him to play. Arthur Smith is a trust fund baby. Okay. And maybe he's involved a little bit in some of those lines out there. And maybe if he knows oh, a little, I'm just saying, no, I being in jest, of course, but I, <laughs> I don't like Arthur Smith's face personally. Is it the mustache? It, I don't like his mustache. It is straight up 80s mustache. So weird. No, the whole injury, the situation with B. John Robinson, obviously they should have designated him mm-hmm. as questionable for that game. They didn't, which is a, a big no-no uh, in this day and age. So yeah, can't do that. Um, yeah, but I mean, you have to now be a little more cognizant of that Atlanta backfield going forward because now Cordero Patterson's back. Yeah, what a three-headed monster. What a a waste of a three-headed monster. I want to say it was probably three or four weeks ago I mentioned that Cordero's going to be a name in that backfield. He's going to get some touches. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Nobody does. I said a lot of things about Arthur Smith today. (laughs) (laughs) AndyHallFantasyNation.com on Twitter. 
And on uh, on the Facebook. The Facebook. That's how you know we're old, Kira. The Facebook. Andy Hall Radio. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Up next, Dalvin Cook, unhappy. Is he going to get moved? You're going to hear from the Jets running back next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. What is this? It's Ghost. Is it Ghost? Yeah. I like Ghost. Our, I, that's cool. It's Halloween, Wicket. Ah, 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Kira producing. I should have seen that one coming. I should have seen that one coming. Uh, coming up tonight, game one of the World Series. Here, tonight's game and every game of the World Series right here on ESPN Des Moines. Arizona and Texas. It's a TV ratings nightmare. No one's excited about this unless you're just a diehard baseball fan, you love the World Series, or you're a Snakes or Rangers fan. Uh, We'll have game two tomorrow night after Oregon and Utah. Drake football kicks us off tomorrow against Stetson, and then Sunday. It is weird to say this, but I'm not one of those people who's like, can you believe it's already November? No, I'm. uh, time goes at the pace it's supposed to go in my world, but I am a little surprised we're already bringing you Drake basketball. We have Drake women's hoops coming up on Sunday they have an exhibition. We'll have the game 130. Hunter Phillips here on ESPN Des Moines. Now, Wicket, can I ask you a question? Yes, Kira. Uh, we just had our good friend Andy Hall. FantasyNation.com's Andy Hall in studio. Yes. Uh, maybe not a question, just an observation. I noticed you didn't talk about uh, how it went. How did it go last week for how did, you? How did, how did what go? Fantasy football. How did it go? Who who were you playing again? Uh, I uh, who was, was that? playing you, Kira. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the final score is uh I, I'm not here to talk about the past. All oh, right. We're no. just moving on. We're moving forward. Oh, but I have I have oh, my phone you have, right here. Oh, you have the stats. Great. Yeah, I'm I can get a, those really quick. My the, the, the ESPN Des Moines team that I run, that I manage here, is having a very up and down year. We keep winning one and losing one. We can't gain any traction in the studio in the standings because our team just can't put together consistent weeks back to back. So I, I look at last week as the last loss of the season. I, I lost. What was the score? Well, can I, I, was can I like remind a, you? I only lost by like five points, right? <laughs> or nine. <laughs> what was the score? Uh, Your team got 109.88. 109 is a great score. And what uh, did your team get? 118.1. Okay. All right. I lost by nine points. All right. Woo! I lost by nine points to Kira. <laughs> My team's got to make. We got the trade deadline coming up. I got to make some moves. It was funny. Two weeks ago, I had... The very rare, I'm in four fantasy leagues, and I went 4-0 two weeks ago. Never happens. That's, that, like, if you see me on a Tuesday, and I am smiling ear to ear, it doesn't matter what happened the night before. I must have gone 4-0 in fantasy. It hasn't happened in two years, all right? But then I was like, cool, let's see what we do for an encore. I was 2-2 two and two at the deadline. I'm barely, I was this close to being 1-3. You were one of those losses, so can, Congrats to you, Kira. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thanks thank for you. bringing that thank up. You. Thank you. Thank for you for bringing that thank up. You. Appreciate it. Bring it up when I kick your ass in a couple of weeks. All right. Um, so Dalvin Cook is unhappy. No surprise. Frustrated. His his role in New York is not what he thought it was going to be. I guarantee you when Dalvin Cook got the call from Aaron Rodgers when he wanted to sign him to the Jets, because it wasn't the GM. It was Aaron. When Aaron Rodgers, back in the offseason, wanted to get Dalvin into New York, to, uh, to, to hand the ball off or catch passes from Aaron Rodgers. He jumped at it. He took $3.5 million with the salary or whatever, $4 million the salary, whatever. 
and he went to New York. And then, of course, Aaron popped his Achilles in game one. The offense completely changed. Zach Wilson, eh, not very good. Brees Hall is an absolute monster, averaging a league-leading six and a half yards per carry. Off the ACL, I did not expect him to be this good this quick. But here we are in week eight, and he's the league's leading rusher at six and a half yards per carry. What does that mean for Dalvin Cook, who is 28, coming off four straight 1,000-yard seasons in Minnesota? He went to four Pro Bowls. Last time out, he had three carries for 12 yards. Not getting the ball, all right? He's averaging 2.8 yards per carry. Now, I will say, Dalvin Cook is the kind of back that you got to give 20 carries to because carries 15 through 20 are going to be so much better because of his size, because of his power. Those are always better at the end when you've bruised the other team and they happen in the third and the fourth quarter. But he's not getting the carries for several reasons. One of those is just how good Brees Hall is. So he's obviously frustrated. Trade deadline is Tuesday. Uh, Dalvin Cook met with the media, and and he obviously wants what's best. As a player and as a man, I prepare myself. I, I work my tail off. I just want the situation to be best for both sides. That's and I, why I'm going to leave it at right there. I don't know what the best for both sides means, but what I read into that is I want to get traded. I want out. I want to be on another team. This is not going. This is not going the way. Obviously, when you're a guy who has had the, re, I mean, he has had a really good career. No doubt, Dalvin Cook. As a Packers fan, I hate Dalvin Cook or hate Ed watching him play on Sundays when he would torch Green Bay. But obviously for a guy who's used to being the man, the bell cow, not getting the ball is frustrating. So, it, of course it's frustrating. I'm an honest person, man. Like, I want to play. That's just, that's just anybody. And, yeah, it's frustrating because it's, it's new for me. Like, I come from getting the ball 20 times a game, however many times. You know, I come from that. But, yeah, of course it's frustrating. And it's something that I've been adapting to. And, like I said, the people that's close to me, you know, helping me get to where I need to be. He has 39 carries in six games for 109 yards and no touchdowns. And he has not broken a run longer than 10 yards this season. Again, it's all about opportunity. And the question is, does his routine change when he's getting ready for games? You adjust and, you know, you still sharpen your iron. And that's what I do every day. I still sharpen my iron every day. I prepare the same way as I prepare any other year. So it's still the same for me. Game day is just a little different. I mean, who who would take him on right now? You're going to have to pay about $3 million. Uh, there are teams out there always looking for running back help. But at $3 million bucks, who's got cap space at this point to bring him on? What is he? He's more of a pass catcher, a power guy, potentially. Not a lot of lightning, but definitely some thunder. And it's got to be really weird for a dude who is atop the leaderboard in all-purpose yards, in, in receiving yards and rushing yards, to hear his name in trade rumors. Yeah, it's a different scenario for me. Like I said, it's all different for me. But, you know, it's something I can't control, that my name being floated around in trade rumors. Might be a good thing. Might be a bad thing. You never know. You never know. <laughs> okay. The end of that might be a good thing. Might be a bad thing. You never know. That's, again, code for he wants out. All right? And for, for all the disdain I had for Dalvin Cook, he's one of those dudes that when he was playing from Minnesota and they would play Green Bay twice a year, I was afraid every time he touched the ball. Every time. Because Green Bay was so bad at tackling. Still are. But Green Bay was so bad at tackling, Dalvin could make a three-yard run into a 15-yard run or just slice through the defense and carry everybody into the end zone. Because you, he's one of those guys, I think, for franchises that you just have a lot of respect for, even though you may not enjoy watching him torch your teams. Like, think about if you're a, a, a Vikings fan. 
you hated Brett Favre, right? Or if you're a Bears fan, you hate Aaron Rodgers, the Packer, just the way that it is. I think if you're a Denver Broncos fan, you may hate Patrick Mahomes the way Bears fans hate Aaron Rodgers or the Vikings fans or whatever hate Brett Favre. But you have respect. You respect that player and their greatness. You wish they were on your team for sure because of how great they actually are. So who would want him? Who would need him? It's a really good question. Like who needs that? Who's close? Because you don't want, if you're Dalvin Cook, you don't want to go play for the New York Giants. Not that they would take him on. They got Saquon. But you don't want to go play for a team that's at the at the bottom. Like Saqu- uh, Dalvin Cook to the Bears would make no sense. Because that's not a team that's, you know, a running back away or a veteran away from a championship or getting things right. Maybe Kansas City. Maybe Dalvin Cook to the Kansas City Chiefs is the right answer. Because they need a bruising back. They got Pacheco, the young dude. Somebody who can catch passes. Jarek McKinnon's not working out this year. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they tried to make a thing again in Kansas City. It's not a thing whatsoever. Maybe Dalvin to the Chiefs makes some sense. I'll talk more about team needs uh, coming up on uh, Tuesday's trade deadline in a little bit. Uh, but one more from Dalvin uh, was asked about, have you gone to management? Are you going to go to management? Are you going to talk about getting traded? Um, I think that's a talk. I just sit down with my agent, you know, JD and all the guys, make it best for everybody. But that's something that I have to sit down and talk with my agent and JD about. But like for me, you know, I let the business side, handle the business side. And like for me, I just, I be ready, man. Like, like I go every day, I, every day I go out there, I bust my ass. I do the things I need to do to be ready. I don't know who, you know, I could run through each team in my head and say, okay, this team could use a running back. Buffalo could obviously use a running back now that, uh, Damian Harris has hurt to compliment, go opposite uh, uh, James Cook. They got Latavius Murray in there. He's old, he's even older than 28-year-old Dalvin Cook. You know, I mentioned Kansas City. Baltimore could use a running back, a compliment to whatever the mess is in Baltimore with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell and name it, I think. Is Melvin Gordon still floating around there? So you got all these teams. I mean, heck, how about the Browns? You know, you lose Nick Chubb. We talked about Jerome Ford in fantasy. He's coming back. They got Pierre Strong. They got Kareem Hunt. Could could Dalvin Cook help out Cleveland? Is Cleveland going anywhere? That's another question. Before we get out, I want to uh, hear from Chris Canty from uh, the morning show here on ESPN Des Moines, unsportsmanlike, that when they brought Brees Hall in, they had expectations. But, I'm sorry, when they brought Dalvin Cook in, they had expectations. But you know what? Brees Hall's just so dang good. This is an example of players not being able to have their cake and eat it too. And by cake, I mean money. Dalvin came to the New York Jets because they gave him the biggest financial commitment, more so than what the Miami Dolphins were going to put on the table. And now he wants out now that he's secured the bag. And here's the newsflash. They paid you $7 million. You are a New York Jet. This team has a chance of being in the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. They're using you as insurance. Brees Hall is coming over for major knee surgery. There's no telling what version you're going to get from him once we get later in the season. So you have to keep a guy like Dalvin Cook around for insurance. It's not as if I think that he can't be a contributor for the Jets in some capacity, but it's just right now Brees Hall is so good, it's hard to justify taking him off the field. Yeah, you can't put him on the field and be like, all right, this is the best option for this next player, this next set of downs or this drive or whatever. Because Brees does everything so well. I think you're going to see Dalvin Cook moved by Tuesday. I think you're going to see a move for something like a sixth-round pick. 
I don't think it's going to be a whole heck of a lot uh, come Halloween when the NFL trade deadline rolls around. Speaking of the trade deadline, the big five, Dallas, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and Kansas City, what are their number one priorities going into Tuesday? I'll tell you with some names. Some big-time veterans could be on the move. That's next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Happy Halloween weekend to you. Hey, if you're going to be out at the Blank Park Zoo tomorrow night for Night Eyes, make sure you stop by and say hello. Handed out candy there in the uh, in Africa, right when you turn left, where I think we're going to be the first people there. I think we're there where the giraffes are and the zebras are. So stop by, say hello, and grab some candy for your kids. Night Eyes tomorrow at the Blank Park Zoo. I think the doors are at 530. Is that right? Dress warm. Dress warm. Real excited to sit outside in the cold. Real excited, Kira. Uh, So the trade deadline is Tuesday in the National Football League on Halloween. And there are some teams like, here's the thing about the NFL trade deadline. And you know this probably as a fan. It's not nearly as exciting as we want it to be. All right. The baseball trade deadline is always wild. The NBA trade deadline is always wild. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, Kara, but I imagine the NHL de- trade deadline is somewhat wild. Is it a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Because in the with the with, with those other sports, one dude can come in and make a massive difference. Mm-hmm. You don't have to learn a ton of intricate system changes when you go from the Yankees to the Brewers. All right, you may have to learn some signals and the way that they shift guys around and. The dimensions of the ballpark are different in baseball, but for the most part, see ball, hit ball, catch ball, throw ball. That's baseball, right? I'm not trying to oversimplify things, but if you trade a second baseman, he's going to play in the same spot pretty much. In basketball, you make a trade at the deadline for a three-point shooter. That three-point line's the same distance in every NBA arena. You have to learn the system. How, you know, do they play more of a slow down half court offense? Are they a run and gun team? Are they a transition team? What happens when they get in their half court? You've, you've got some things to learn, but I think by the time you get to the NBA, if you're 25 years old, you've been playing basketball for 20 years. You've been playing in all kinds of systems. You can adapt pretty quickly. There are certain things in football. You need a month or longer to learn. You need training camp. And that's why as much as we want to talk about the NFL trade deadline and your favorite team, whoever it may be, making this move and that move, the NFL sees the fewest trades at its deadline from any of the other major sports, partially because, you know, are you in a position on Halloween to make a run to the playoffs? Are you in a position where you, you can give up a draft pick a valuable draft pick to acquire a player that, let's be honest, the NFL is so risky. You make a trade, you bring a guy in two two weeks in, he injures his knee, your dream of that receiver, that, that tackle, whatever, taking you to the promised land, gone. The NFL trade deadline can go the other way. It can be incredibly beneficial. Christian McCaffrey got traded a year ago. Ask the Niners how that's going. It's going pretty well. 
It's going pretty well for the San Francisco 49ers. So on Tuesday, while Adam Schefter's phone is going to be blowing up and your Twitter feed is going to be hitting refresh, and whether you're a fan of the Packers or the Vikings or the Bears or the Chiefs or the Cowboys or whatever, don't expect NBA or Major League Baseball level of moves to be made. And hockey, are there trades on the deadline in hockey? Is that a thing? So the what I've noticed is a lot of the trades happen right at the beginning of the season. Okay. It's like kind of a meme in hockey, like a guy will be on a team for a day. Okay. Won't even see any ice time, and then he'll get traded. Everything happens. Did you watch, the by the way? The they had every team in action. Did you see ESPN? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ESPN had their their hockey flurry, whatever they frozen flurry, big flurries. Like so, frozen I don't know. frenzy. Sure. Something like that. They had a game, and, and I didn't know this because it's hockey and it doesn't come across my feed. And they, <laughs> they picked a really, they picked the same night as NBA opening night. <laughs> And a game seven of the LCS in baseball. Like, I know that when you play on these kinds of things, you just got to do it when you can. Schedules don't work out. But they had a game starting every 15 minutes, mm-hmm. which is really smart because they're trying to generate more interest. ESPN is trying to get you to watch hockey. But you don't do it on NBA opening night. <laughs> and you don't do it. I know they can't plan for a game seven of the NBA, of the NLCS. But you can't do it. on Like, who's going to... Sorry, hockey. Yeah. We like you, hockey. Kira loves you. I love you, hockey. I, I like hockey, <laughs> but I don't like hockey like I like the NBA. And I don't like hockey like I like a game seven of the baseball playoffs. And God forbid you to- you even tangle with football. They they had to do a Tuesday or a Wednesday, right? <clears throat> they had to do one of those two days. Because they're not gonna do they're not gonna go up against Amazon Prime on Thursday or Monday night football. Friday night's a waste, and then we get into college football and the NFL. But getting back to it, I apologize. Uh, I took the big five. I took a look at the big five here in Des Moines, the five teams that most people in Iowa root for. Now, if you're the one Buffalo Bills fan that is my neighbor, John, this doesn't concern you, okay? John's a Bills fan, diehard, hangs the flag, lives next door to me. We play poker, but there aren't a lot of Bills fans. There are Bills fans, but compared to the rest, there are not. There's even a Bills bar. I think it's in West Des Moines. There's a Bills backers bar in West Des Moines. And they show all the Bills games, and people go in there, and they jump through their tables or whatever the Bills Mafia does. But let's get to the Big Five and Dallas. Now, Jerry Jones said something very strange. Normally, Jerry doesn't say a lot at the trade deadline. He said three words at, tra- at practice the other day. We will trade. Generally, you don't hear guys in Jerry's position make those claims. Usually it's a very, well, we'll take a look, and if anybody wants to talk, we'll have those conversations. We will trade. Got every Cowboy fan fired up. So what are they looking at? What are the Dallas Cowboys looking at? The name that is popping up for Dallas is Derrick Henry, which is amazing to me because they just gave all that, they've given all the attention and the love and the carries to running back Tony Pollard. They got him on the franchise tag. And I'm not saying a one-two punch of Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard wouldn't be amazing. But Derrick Henry coming in there, how many carries does he take away from Tony Pollard? Uh, Mike McCarthy is still the head coach and loves to throw the ball around. But that would be a pretty physically imposing one-two with Henry between the tackles and Pollard on the outside, kind of like what they had with Zeke a year ago. So watch for Derrick Henry to Dallas. Also, 
They could use a wide receiver three. Michael Gallup doesn't get the, the, the job done on a consistent basis. Brandon Cooks finally showed up. They have the great C.D. Lamb. Uh, two other positions in Dallas to look out for at the trade deadline. A tight end. Here's a name. How about Zach Ertz? I know he just went on IR, but Zach Ertz in three weeks could be really, really valuable if you're the Dallas Cowboys at that spot for Dak or defensive back. Of course, they had the big injury early in the year, blew out his ACL in digs. So those are three spots plus Derrick Henry. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're on a Chiefs message board or you follow Chiefs Twitter, it's DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. It was also DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins all offseason. He could have taken $4 million and signed on with Kansas City, but no, he wanted the 15 to go sign on with Tennessee or whatever he got. Here's DeAndre Hopkins' stat line so far. Catching ducks from Ryan Tannehill and whoever else is going to play quarterback for the Titans. 27 catches, 376 yards, and no touchdowns. Now, again, I attribute a lot of that to it being Ryan Tannehill and that run-focused offense. But what about if you put DeAndre Hopkins in Kansas City catching passes from Patrick Mahomes? I like Rashi Rice, big red zone target. Of course, you have Taylor Swift's boyfriend. He's pretty good. Maybe the GOAT tight end. Sky Moore is not taking the next step like they were expecting him to in year number two. That doesn't mean he's done or finished. It just means he's not there right now. They're, they don't have really... MVS can make plays, but he's not the dude. But DeAndre Hopkins could, to Kansas City could happen. What about another team? How about Minnesota? Well, with the Justin Jefferson injury, it sort of clouds a lot of what Minnesota wants to do. But we just saw Jordan Addison have the two-touchdown game in the breakout night a couple of days ago for Minnesota. It looks like Cam Akers is going to start eating into Alex Madison's carries more. It might be a nice little one-two punch they have. Maybe Cam Akers becomes the guy. It just feels like every single week he's getting more and more opportunities in there. They've got Hawk. I mean, they're they're pretty good on offense. Of course, Kirk Cousins, you know, primetime Kirk getting rid of that moniker. But defense, defense, defense. I was reading a blog today, a Viking blog, and it said eight players the Vikings should trade for. And it was eight guys on defense. Eight guys on defense. Which is incredible because they already they brought in the new defensive coordinator uh, Brian Flores. They blitz more than anybody else in the National Football League by a mile, and they're talking about guys like Chase Young from Washington or Montez Sweat, his teammate there in Washington, as two guys who could help out the Vikings. You had a couple of defensive pieces in Minnesota. Who, by the way, if the playoffs started today, the Vikings would be in. They were one, or they one in four at one point. The Vikings would be in the playoffs if they started today with a record of, where's Minnesota? Three and four. They won two straight. I know. I did not think that was a thing. But they would be in as of right now. Uh, as for the Chicago Bears, you're not bringing anybody into that organization. You, you're not giving up. You are not going to, if you're the Bears, and you are staring the first pick of the draft in the face, or whatever, with all the uncertainty, look, we know the Bears' season is over, all right? This is all about 2024 for the Chicago Bears. You're not buying. You're selling. You're seeing what anybody wants to do with Eddie Jackson, the aging defensive back there in the backfield, the safety. Defensive back Jalen Johnson, 
You're looking to see what you could get for him. Darnell Mooney, you're trying to find out if there's any value for Darnell Mooney. None of these guys are going to bring you back first or second round picks or even first or second day picks. But you get a fourth round pick for those guys, fifth round pick, call it a win, move on, add it to next year's draft. And then my Green Bay Packers. I don't know. There's some people that believe Green Bay can turn this around. There are others that think that Green Bay is destined for a top five pick. Let's address both of those real quick. All right. If they are, in fact, destined for the top five, top 10 of the NFL draft, then you try to sell what you can. Preston Smith, outside linebacker, not part of the Packers' future. All right? One of the great signings that Brian Gutekinds has made was when he signed Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith a couple of years ago. But Preston Smith is not part of the future. That's why you drafted Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, was to go opposite Rashawn Gary with Enek Barre as the third pass rusher. On the outside, Preston Smith, easy sell candidate. Save some cap space, move on. Thank Preston for his time in Green Bay. He was wonderful. But if they're buyers, if Green Bay is in fact buyers, I got three spots they should address. One, the running back position. I don't know what to make of Aaron Jones and this hamstring that he was out for three weeks, very limited against whoever they played two weeks ago, the the Raiders, very limited in this last game against Denver. I think he had 11 touches. 11 for your best player. How about Zach Moss? How about bringing in Zach Moss, who is chomping at the bit to be a starting running back, going to lose his gig now that Jonathan Taylor is healthy. What about bringing Zach Moss to Green Bay? A.J. Dillon has looked better in the last couple of weeks, but he's not going to be a dude that's going to be part of the future, it feels like. And Aaron Jones is 28 or 29 or whatever it is. Maybe Zach Moss. Wide receiver Jerry Judy's name keeps popping up all over the National Football League. He's a guy that could get moved to Green Bay if you want to bring in a, a air quote, veteran wide receiver. Somebody that can maybe be a part of the future with the young guys that they have in there. And then safety Buda Baker in Arizona. That team is tanking. They're trying to get rid of as many pieces as they can. I think Zach Ertz will be on the move out of Arizona. What about safety Buda Baker? If you're worried about the back end of your secondary, he would make a lot of sense for Green Bay. What would you have to give up? I have no idea. I have no idea. Trade deadline is 3 o'clock Des Moines time on Tuesday. I got some more names I'll run through coming up. Uh, If you want to tell us about some veterans that could get dealt. But straight ahead, this may be the coolest story of the day. What if you only had two chances to get your password right? We all know our passwords. They always reset. You never remember. You have to hit that little button. I forgot my password. But what if we were talking about hundreds of millions of dollars and you got two shots at it? I'll explain next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. What's up? My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Happy Halloween weekend. Kira, do you do anything fun for Halloween? Not anymore. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, Monday, beggar's night, when the kids go out trick-or-treating to uh, a Midwest tradition. (laughs) <laughs> and that Midwest tradition, I'm sure if you're driving around and you have kids or you grew up anywhere in the Midwest, you know all about putting on your jeans mm-hmm. and your hats and your gloves, putting your kids in super warm clothes, and then putting the costume over it as a shell <laughs> before you go out trick-or-treating. Yep. Now, my formidable trick-or-treating years 
mm. spent in San Diego. We didn't have, my sister was younger before we moved from Detroit to San Diego. And she was five years older than I am. She turns, uh, her birthday is tomorrow. Oh. She turns 40, 76, 23, 76, 47 tomorrow. Yeah. I could have just added five years to my age, I guess. Uh, but she has plenty of you know, young childhood photos being bundled up in southeastern <laughs> Michigan, which the weather there is pretty comparable to here uh, in central Iowa. But, yeah, I think every Midwesterner who grew up and trick-or-treated in the Midwest can relate to the weather we're going to get on Monday, and the high, I believe, is 40. Uh, I've heard the S word being thrown around. Snow on Sunday. Yeah. It's going to be great. Going to be great. Last year was wonderful, trick-or-treating with my kids. It was awesome. I was in shorts. <laughs> It was a Sunday night, a nice, cool Sunday night. It was awesome. This year, man, pulling that. Hopefully, we don't have to pull the wagon through the snow with the beer in it. You know? <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> then trick-or-treat with the White Claw. Uh, this story is awesome. I'm going to get to it here in a second. I want to remind you that uh, tonight, Game 1 of the World Series, Arizona and Texas, you can hear it, and every game of the World Series right here on ESPN Des Moines. Tomorrow, Drake football, early 11.30 for the pregame with Chuck Reed against Stetson and then Oregon and Utah in the Pac-12, followed by Game 2 of the World Series. And then we've got the Drake women's basketball on Sunday, the first Drake women's game of the year. Wow. Coming up Sunday, 1.30 here on ESPN Des Moines. How well do you remember your passwords? Uh, like, it does, right? But they're, they're all, there's like six we all have that we kind of rotate through. Yeah. Like my wife has a couple, and then there's like there's variations. One has like an exclamation point at the end, and then like one O exclamation, like whatever and, your thing is. And like right? now you can just have your computer remember for you, right? Which is great. Which is wonderful. You just <laughs> hack into my computer now and then get all those out of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I use the thumbprint or the eyes. That to me is great. Mm-hmm. But if imagine trying to remember a password from 2011. Okay, that's the caveat to all of this. A dude named Stefan Thomas in 2011 made an animated video for a client and was paid 7,002 bitcoins. This was 2011, all right? Bitcoin wasn't a thing yet. It was literally used to buy drugs on the internet. It was an untraceable form of currency used on the Silk Road. I've heard. So those Bitcoins back in 2011 were worth about a buck, all right? So he made this video, whatever it was, he got paid $7,000 to do it back in 2011. Today, Bitcoin is worth $34,000 a piece, all right? So this dude was paid what is now worth $238 million. Oh, my God. Down from about half a billion, you know, we had the crash, the Bitcoin crash or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, the famous Bitcoin crap. <laughs> well, I mean, it dropped. It went from like 50 to $22,000 a coin or whatever. Still worth an obscene amount of money. Here's the problem. He took that, that Bitcoin back in 2011, and it's been sitting on an encrypted iron key USB drive. He doesn't know the password. I read this story today, and I groaned reading it. And apparently, when you have an iron key USB drive, you have 10 tries 
to get the password right or it goes away. It do, You cannot open it anymore. It's that. Listen, here's how secure these things are. The United States military and our intelligence agencies use the Iron Key USB drive, which, by the way, if you've got $7,000 in Bitcoin and you want to forget about it and you want to put it away, that's kind of that's the where you want to do it. You don't want to do it with a thumb drive that you just bought at Walmart. <laughs> you know, a $20, one terabyte thing. You, you probably wanted a really secure thumb drive. And that's what this thing is. He's tried eight times. Oh. And he cannot get it right. He has two tries left to try to get this thing right. Which, by the way, this sounds like an incredible movie. If we're going to make a movie... movie game show? Yeah. See, reality show? Something reality along those lines. Reality show? Some, yes. Oh, my gosh. So he's tried eight times. He's failed. And if he doesn't figure it out in the next two tries, the money disappears. Mm -hmm. So he has to go to hackers. <laughs> like, who else do you go to? You don't just take it to the geek squad at Best Buy. <laughs> They're not going to know. With all due respect to our awesome IT guy, Brady, unless Brady has a background in hacking that I don't know about, which he might, who knows? Mm -hmm. IT guys are super weird. Brady's awesome. You're not going to go to your local IT guy who's in your office. So he's going to go to hackers. Now, there's a hacking group called Unciphered. Sure. They were sent an encrypted Iron Key S2000 USB drive, and they cracked it in less than a day. So they, like at a demo, yeah. they figured it out in less than a day. The problem is this dude, Stefan Thomas, when they tried to tell him, hey, we can help you, we've done this before, uh, he has already made a, quote, handshake deal with two other cracking teams. He made this deal in the, in the, in the past. In an effort to prevent the two teams from competing, he offered each a portion of the proceeds if either one could unlock the drive, and he uh, remains committed to them giving those teams some time to work on the problem before he brings it to anybody else. Even though, so he wants to be a good dude, <laughs> even though this other team can crack the USB drive in a day, in theory. Now, what if they get it wrong? There's a lot of stuff. Like, I, I know I only have about two minutes left here. I think this story buries the lead, right? The fact that he made a video was paid in Bitcoin. In 2011. <laughs> In 2011, I mean, was paid in Bitcoin. But the street value then was seven thousand dollars. Yeah, but no, who, that's not but, that's not what I'm saying, Wicket. He was paid in Bitcoin. I'd love to be paid in Bitcoin. <laughs> I would love to be paid. I, 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 unfortunately, it feels like I'm paid in Dogecoin around here, <laughs> and not Bitcoin. I'd but, love to be paid in Bitcoin. This this whole thing. By the way, imagine so many red flags. Well, I can't. So if you're the guy. You have to trust a hacker. You have to trust a hacker, right? Who's to say that that hacker is not going to make your $230 million disappear the second they open it? Or when you deposit it, they're not just going to be like, whoop, that's a this dude better lawyer up. There better be a lot signed by whatever hacking companies he's made these handshake deals with. And if he goes to this other place, the same thing better be in place. Remember your passwords, man. Write those down. I don't think his is like one, two, three, hello. It's probably a very long password. We're talking about one of the most secure USB thumb drives you can have out there. It's a great story. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll do it again coming up next week. Alice Cooper on the way out. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Thanks for listening to 1021 FM, ESPN Des Moines.